Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm John McLean. I can be found at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm Greg Rajan. I can be found at Greg Rajan, R-A-J-A-N on Twitter. Greg, lots of things going on in the NFL as they get closer to the start of the league year on March the 16th, beginning with two big uh, items involving uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Where do you want to start? Well, let's uh, let's take it from the top, as they like to say. So I guess the first domino to fall was Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. There were reports that he signed the biggest contract in NFL history, but he has come out and denied those reports about signing a contract, but he did confirm that he will be back with the Packers. But the big news of the day is Russell Wilson being traded from Seattle to Denver in a mega deal where the Seahawks will get quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick, and the Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick thrown in. Now, that is a huge deal, and interesting tidbit that Adam Schefter passed on. Russell Wilson will become the first quarterback to start for a team that he beat in the Super Bowl. So, John, what is your initial impression of this trade? I thought there's no way that Russell Wilson was leaving because he said he wasn't leaving. He was adamant. And the Broncos said they wouldn't trade him. Then Pete Carroll said at the combine there was their intent was not to trade him. Now uh, Seattle gets a backup quarterback in Drew Locke. They have all those picks. Noah Fant's the best player, first round pick at tight end. I'll guarantee you if they had really wanted Deshaun Watson or his legal issues had been cleared up, uh, the Texans would have taken that for. Watson had Drew Luck as a backup to Davis Mills and then, of course, had all those picks. And then tight end, Noah Fant would step right in and be the starter. So it's a good deal for Seattle. And Denver gets a quarterback who will be 34 next season, has been to two Super Bowls, and has been great ever since he came into the NFL. Kind of reminds me of when they made that deal for Peyton Manning and he helped him win a Super Bowl and lose another one. Well, the Peyton Manning deal only cost him cash because he was a free agent. I mean, this they're giving up some premium draft picks, so they're going to have to win with Russell Wilson for this deal to be a success. One question I have regarding Watson is, does this Broncos-Seahawks trade set a baseline for a Watson deal? Of course, the big complication is his legal situation, and when is that going to be resolved? Is that going to be resolved anytime soon? Yeah, well, nobody has a clue about that, but Nick Casario wanted three ones, two twos last year. He was settling for three ones, a three, and a five. Uh, if you're talking about a team uh, with draft picks at the bottom of the first round, getting two ones, two twos, and a five is almost as good, but I think it depends on the teams. When the time comes, Watson's going to have to give Casario permission to trade him more than one team. There's still a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, Carolina, New Orleans, Seattle, uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, Miami, even though they say they've closed that door on Watson, I guarantee you they'll check again to see when the time comes that he's a, available with legal clarity. Anybody that needs a quarterback will check 
on Watson. And if Casario has to take a deal like that for a quarterback who's 26 years old and under contract for another four years, I don't think people would complain about it. No, no, I, I don't think so. Um, it's just a matter of really the legal situation and when that's clarified. And obviously, Watts, another fly in the ointment is Watson's no trade clause, essentially giving him veto power on any deal. Obviously, Russell Wilson kind of had veto power too, because if he says he's not going to go to Denver, no deal's going to get done. But it's very interesting. I, I think um, it's moves like this are so rare. I was trying to look up, you know, how many times quarterbacks who'd been to multiple Super Bowls had left their team during the salary cap era. And this would only be the fifth time. The others are Kurt Warner. He'd kind of, you know, not worn out his welcome, but he hadn't. He wasn't the the number one guy for the Rams anymore. He went to the Giants. Brett Favre was traded from the Packers to the Jets after one of his retirements or near retirements. Peyton Manning was cut by the Colts, went to the Broncos. Tom Brady went from the Patriots to the Buccaneers last year, and now Russell Wilson from the Seahawks to the Broncos. This is you don't see quarterbacks like this change teams very often, so this is a very seismic deal in the NFL. Interesting division now with the AFC West. You have Russell Wilson in Denver, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Justin Herbert in LA, and your other uh, quarterback is Derek Carr with the uh, Raiders. So where where does that division stack up quarterback-wise with uh, loaded uh, quarterback divisions that we've seen in recent years? Texans play the AFC West next season, so Levy Smith's First season just got harder with the Broncos adding Russell Wilson. Last year they beat Justin Herbert and lost to Wilson. Uh, both those games were here. Uh, the biggest offseason trade quarterback for quarterback still seen was uh, Kenny Stabler for Dan Pastorini, Raiders, and the Oilers after the 1979 season. And nobody's going to want to play that division. How fun is that going to be? If you're a fan, Derek Carr, they're trying to sign him to an extension. He's going into the last year of his contract. Chargers can still make a lot of moves because Justin Herbert is working on the first year of his contract and will probably get extended next year. But that is going to be a fun division to watch as a fan and cover as a member of the media. Is that instantly the best division in the NFL? Oh, I would think so, because it was pretty good anyway. Chargers barely missed the playoffs thanks to the loss to the Texans. And then, of course, the Chiefs won the division and lost in the playoffs. Raiders went to the playoffs, lost on a controversial touchdown pass by the Bengals. So, yes, I think it's the best, most competitive, most exciting division in the NFL. If you're Deshaun Watson – wouldn't you want to get traded to an NFC team at this point with how loaded the AFC is? You look at those four quarterbacks in that division. You've also got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. It, it's it's a pretty uh, stacked uh, deck in the AFC. I think at this point he just wants to be traded. People told me that were around him last season. He was devastated and shocked that he didn't get to play. He never thought it would come to that. He doesn't want to spend another season getting paid to not play, just show up for work every day. His base salary goes up from $10.54 million to $35 million, and he doesn't want to go through that situation, neither do the Texans. But if because of the legal uh, predicament they have to, they will, because they're not just going to 
cut him and let him get away for nothing. And he was better not want to get cut because Detroit has the second claim. And there's a good chance that uh, the Lions would claim him. And I guarantee you, Greg, he doesn't want to play in Detroit. So now there's a lot of teams that still need quarterbacks. And when the legal situation gets some clarity, Nick Casario will start talking again. Obviously, the new league year starts March 16th, which is next Wednesday. We're not going to see a Watson resolution by then. Um, are you expecting something really closer to the draft or draft day when the when the draft begins? I think right right before April 28th, the first day. But that's only if he doesn't have the 22 civil suits. If he does, they're going to be in the same holding pattern. I remember when Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle were suspended from baseball after their careers for just being greeters at casinos in Las Vegas. And baseball, of course, suspended Pete Rose for a lifetime. And baseball's bylaws say, you get caught gambling, you are done. And they say, say it ain't so, Joe. Mays and Mantle were banned for life for for these, uh, for being this uh, casino, you know, casino greeters. And you want to put it into context, that's the same thing that the Black Sox got in 1919 for throwing the World Series. And, of course, Pete Rose banned for life. George Steinbrenner was banned for life, but he, that was lifted after two years. So Major League Baseball draws a hard line when it comes to gambling. And obviously, if you're the NFL, you've got to do it too. Calvin Ridley's a good receiver when he's, when he's on the field. He'll be back. Maybe they cut his suspension in half. I'm guessing appeals will be filed against the NFL because of Roger Goodell's decisions. Maybe he'll end up sitting out half the season. I'm John McLean. You can reach me at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm Greg Rogan. You can reach me at Greg Rogan, R-A-J-A-N on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening, reading, and watching. <laughs>